from beyond the farthest reaches of our galaxy they come. Two brains pulsing with a strange energy. These space brains come to share their love of science fiction movies. Welcome to Space Brains, the show where we joy watch sci-fi movies and then talk about what was good and what was great. I'm Surrey and this is Mark. Hiya, it's episode 91 and tonight we are talking about science fiction film in time. Came out in 2011, that time frame. That time ago. The time of 2011. So 12 years ago roughly, something like that. 11, 12, 13 years ago. Depends when you're listening to this podcast. Might be a lot longer time. This podcast will be... Uh, <laughs> it'll be around forever. It'll be archived in, in 2054. Yeah. You'll be... Beyond the watching. historical archives, you know, the US government will store it somewhere in time. Next to the Ark of the Covenant. That's right. It's that important. So in this episode, we'll reveal what we thought about the film, the ins and outs of narrative and film language, plus a knife... Nice, nice deep dive into a specific piece of science that the filmmakers are proposing. Andrew Nicole, New Zealand filmmaker, wrote and directed In Time. He also did the same for a early episode of Space Brains, Anon. Anon. Actually, yeah. that uh, I didn't see that on his list of achievements. I was looking more at like Gattaca and... Yeah, Gattaca's another uh, one. So. Or Laura... Ward, Ward of Law. Yeah. Plus God he of War. wrote The Truman Show. Which Truman is, Show. I mean, I don't know if that's sci-fi or not, but it's a brilliant movie. Peter Weir, Australian director behind that one as well. But yeah, anyway, we have already looked. So go back and have a look at the episode that we went into a non. That's a very interesting And now that you say it, I can film. definitely see the similar stylings yeah. and efforts. So definitely. not only that, but if you haven't, Seen in time yet? <laughs> yes. Stop now. This is your spoiler Stop. warning because we're going to go all through this film. Go back, watch it, tune back in, and watch Anon again, and tune back in, and then hear what we have to say. Definitely warning, warning, warning. So, in time is a Orwellian future, sorry, where we basically people stop aging at the ripe old age of twenty-five which in, is very confusing at the start of this movie with Justin Timberlake's mum. She is hot compared to yeah. Justin Timberlake and it's a bit confusing on the eyeballs. But anyway, you don't age past... Imagine a world where you don't age past 25, um, but when you do turn 25, you're basically given one more year to live. There's a nice green digital countdown clock on your arm, uh, you know, reminding you that you don't have long to live. Um Justin Timberlake plays the character of Will Salas, who finds himself accused of murder and on the run in this weird world and finds a hostage, which can be the connection to try to not only get himself, you know, free from the murder charge, but also potentially break the system. Break the system. And that's what I meant by Orwellian. This is one of those great sci-fi kind of classical tales of 
class being played out in this mythical world of sci-fi and then can the underdog kind of break the system? Yeah, you've got this you know, terrible, grinding, overbearing system that mm. is designed to destroy the protagonist, generally speaking. Yeah, and and I, I really do like this. When we mentioned uh, previously that we would watch this film and we was had it on our list to watch at some point, um, you know, that that's what I wanted. I, I like that it is so sort of in vein of 1984. But anyway, before we go any deeper, what was your number one takeaway from In Time, sorry? Well, my number one takeaway from In Time, well, it was going to be the fact that in time, in the movie, in time, the it it gets a whole lot more confusing when your friends come over to visit and meet your mum, because <laughs> you know you're all looking twenty five, and if you're not introduced properly, all sorts of terrible things can happen. Like I mean, that that scene in this film, which is one that I quite like, uh, where Silas uh, Salas is introduced to the Weiss family <laughs> and there's just like three women who all look similar. Yeah. But they're, you know, daughter, mother, sisters. Mother-in-law, I think. Mother-in-law. <laughs> and, and you just look at that going, this is just weird because it just looks like a group of young 20-somethings hanging out at a party. It does. And and he does, uh, Weiss or Weiss or whatever the mm. name is, does, he, he actually mentions that, doesn't it, later on? Like he, he says, oh, it used to be easier to realise who you shouldn't be asking out. So yes. he says sort of some sort of comment like that, when, I think when that at the poker table or something. Yes. So, so it is oh, a yes, bit of be- reference. Because, uh, you know, Will looks at um, Sylvia. Yeah. And Sylvia's dad, would he know that he's the dad? No. It's like, you know, makes his observations. Yeah, it's you've got to be a little bit hesitant because you could be trying to ask out a 100-year-old great-grandmother yeah. <laughs> of the, your best friend or something crazy. Yeah. Um, and and it, it still matters because uh, I have hung around, say, 18-year-olds like on the train mm. going and I listen to what the sort of stuff they're talking about and things. God, yeah, yeah, you cannot. You cannot. I don't, like, it doesn't work. Like you can sort of think, oh yeah, we've got to hang out and party and we listen to music. They listen to all different music. Their idea of partying is entirely different. Yeah. Conversation topics far less stimulating because they just have no life experience. They must have been strange eighteen-year-olds because they weren't talking to each other through their phones. Through their phones, yeah. No, well, <laughs> uh, who knows? So you could imagine that if you're a seventy-five-year-old, mm. even if you are looking hot like a twenty-five-year-old, some actual twenty-five-year-old comes to try to chat you up, you'd be like, dude, you know, you're not even. You're not even close. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, that that sort of was going to be my number one takeaway. The actual oh. number one takeaway is a little bit more obvious. We must have all the time in the world tonight. Oh, time is money. <laughs> time is money. That's I love that. Yeah. Yeah, that's a phrase we all have. Time is money. And yes. here we go. This movie, time is literally money. It is. Fantastic. So tell me, though, was this a warning, a hope, an experiment? Well, to me, it's an experiment. Because of those things that we've already been talking about, you're basically... In fact, you just summed up the answer then. Uh, in the in the starting voiceover, Will Justin says, you know, the currency is time, right? Mm-hmm. And, it, and it's a, a bit of a head puzzle when you do think about that because don't isn't the point of this movie also we, all we do have is time <laughs> as humans? You know what I mean? Like, so in this film, it's blatantly obvious that the time is currency, but 
in fact, when you really think about it, that's all we do actually have is time anyway, right? Yeah. Like you, you, you go to work or you do a podcast or you spend time with your loved ones or you watch lots and lots of sci-fi films. Like you, all you really have is time anyway. And sometimes I know with my wife, like the best time we have together, we had a day like this the other day, was just spending time together. Like we didn't spend much money on the day. We It was a real sort of cheapy day in a way, but it was a really great day because you're just kind of spending time together and the time unfolded and we just had a good time. Just hanging so out. So just hanging out, yeah, which is bizarre after being together for so long, but we still have that fun. And I guess, and you can't, it's also interesting because you couldn't really put a price on that either because you couldn't say, oh, if to, at the start of today, it's going to cost me $500. Would you put that $500 in there or not? So yeah, it's it's a it's an interesting one, and th- this film in particular takes time to that extremity. How they raise the stakes, or how um, Andrew, the writer director, ra- raised those stakes, was of course saying, "Well, you only have that limited time. You know, you turn mm-hmm. twenty five, and you only get twelve months. And then, of course, some people have more, some people have less. You're going to be bargaining with time. You're going to be gambling with time. You're going to be." maybe, you know, doing a job for time, you know. But as I was watching, especially the setup of this story, I was like, well, this is what we're doing with money, aren't we? Well, like, well, that's like, what it's I like really about like, this film, isn't it? Yeah, like, just... like we really are doing the same thing with money. Like we spend money and some of them are like his best friend is an alcoholic and, in fact, once he gives him a chunk of money, he drinks himself to death. Like in this context, he had the time, he, he does it. You know, when Will meets that really rich 105-year-old guy that has the, you know, the everyone's around him and he's buying everyone drinks and he's the party guy, isn't he? Because he's got time. The same as if he walked into that bar with hundreds of thousands of dollars. I I think the point made when uh, Salas makes it to New Greenwich where he gets out of the car and he starts jogging down the street. Yeah. And he slows down and he notices everyone else is just slowly sauntering along. (laughs) And I was thinking about that myself too is that uh, I've got to myself, like if, if I went back 15 years mm. to my financial and life position there, I was just nonstop, everything, just doing mm. constantly. Yeah, yeah. And fast forward 15 years of, of working my way along and, you know, actually managing to save and, and do all these other sorts of things, I now have a more leisure, I actually have a more leisurely life mm. because, you know, I've I've got those, you know, 15 extra years of experience and and promotion and so forth yeah it's not a big difference like it's you know you still got to go to work I, i'm day. still going to work each day you know i'm not a millionaire or a billionaire or anything crazy but you know there's just that little bit of extra ease mm. in that my weekend you know the other weekend it was cold and rainy i just played computer games all saturday yeah i should have been doing space rains but i just played computer games and um sometimes you gotta do it i could just do that yeah whereas in previous years it was i was sort of working basically you know, trade, mm. trading my time for money because uh, the alternative was that I would lose my house and, and would be out in the street quite literally, you know, month to month, week to week sort of thing. So, so I mean, do you think then it's an experiment as well but by saying that? I think examples? so. It's, it's not a warning because it's, it's largely following what we're already doing. Yeah. It's kind of extreme, extreming it a bit with the whole life and death situation. Yeah. It's not really hope because it... There's, there's not really a message of hope in this movie. No, no. Like there's kind of um, references to it, mm. but it, the ending is not um, 
giving us a, a new sun rising with um, you know people walking out of the caves, looking up, going, "Oh my god!" Yeah, you know, yeah. it, and and you know, like they don't break the system. They 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 no. the end, do they? They're trying to break the system, but it does explore they, yeah. what the implications of taking that time is money, mm. money is life to a literal extreme yeah. extent, which a lot of science fiction does. It takes one of these yeah. concepts and goes, well, let's push this out to something ridiculous yeah. using a bit of science and fiction mm-hmm. and see where we end up with it. Yeah. So, yeah, that's what I thought as well. That's what I thought. Mm. But where out there, if you're listening, let us know. Is In Time a hope, warning or experiment? Was this the first time you'd seen In Time? This is the second time I'd seen it. Okay. I saw it a couple of years ago maybe. Yeah. With my wife just on the couch there. It was on Netflix or something at the yep. time. Uh, I saw it on Amazon this time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the first time I watched it and this time, it left me with the same sort of thoughts and feelings, which, which is what I like about this film. Uh, yeah, it's got some cool set pieces and, yeah. and dialogue and so forth. But one of the things that you cannot watch this film without immediately thinking about your own existence yeah. <laughs> and well, what could you do in a, you know, you, he says a couple of times you can do a lot in a day. Mm. You know, he, he's various times he just gives away time and he's going, that's literally your life that you're yeah, giving yeah. away. <laughs> but it's just like, well, you, you wonder then at the value of life compared to how long you have. Is it, you know, if you've got a million years, but as um, Sylvia says, you're living surrounded by guards in a castle doing nothing. Which is the same with money, right? Does that like really he, help you? Yeah, like someone like Justin Timberlake, he has a probably a very healthy bank account, mm. but does he have to live a does he have to live his life with guards around him because well, of crazy things? I mean I would probably push it further to say people like Elon Musk, yep. Bezos, you know, yep. these these hundred billionaires. Yeah, yeah. Like they're so recognizable. Like Elon Musk is so recognizable. He would have trouble being, you know, in normal public yeah. without having a minder, someone not necessarily a bodyguard to save his life so much, although that could be the case too, but more the case of just people would want to talk to him, yeah. either abuse him or ask him questions or try to get something from him. You know, he would be constantly harassed. Hey, I've read the children's picture book about a thousand times, Thelma the Unicorn. Yeah. And I'm sorry if this is a spoiler for anyone out there. But spoiler, spoiler. I am going to spoil it. But in that, you know, she becomes the unicorn and successful and then the fans become pretty psychotic, don't they? No. Oh. So she leaves that world, you know, to go back to her normal existence, right? Yeah. So And she finds out that that's what she really wanted after all, you know, nice little yeah, story. So- but that, that's, that's the same metaphor here, right? Like you... Will has no time. Oh, given a century, wow, that would be amazing. Okay, well now meet a billionaire. Yeah. But you meet it. You meet someone that's like a millionaire, like a guy with a century on his arm, and he's not happy. Yeah. And then you meet a billionaire, and it's kind of like we can't, we don't get to really live. Yeah. yeah well, so what... who's really living? You know, like that's the tr- point, and it's the same then with the with money, right? Is Musk really happy with all the money in his bank account? Like, is he really living his life or not? You know, yeah, like- I, th- I think that there's sort of a, a threshold point. Maybe in another episode we'll talk about this bit of research that was done regarding how much money people would need to live their ideal life. Answer is $10 million, mm. roughly speaking, because the, the point being is that you reach a certain point where the more money actually becomes... Um, a generator of problems, mm. even if they just own internal ethical problems. If you had a hundred billion dollars in cash yeah. in a bank account, 
surely at some point you've got to be thinking, what am I doing with all of this? Like, yeah. yeah. Why, why do I, like, not me, not 100 generations of my family will be able to even budge that amount of money. Mm. In fact, dare say there'll be more money yeah. by the time my great-grandchildren are, are around. So don't I have a responsibility to get rid of it? And then you go, mm. But I've got to do it in a way that's useful. You can't just hand a billion dollars over to people as you walk past like, because now suddenly you're dumping so much shit on them. You yeah, could so give it's, them. It's a funny one. You know, that, and that this film addresses that a couple of times, doesn't it? Mm. Because like the Weiss guy says... You know, he goes. You can't just hand it all out because it will corrupt the system. Yeah. Uh, and he and he also says, I think he says at a different point as well, like, oh, if you gave people that much time, they wouldn't really know what to do with it. And I've heard money managers say the same thing, mm. and and where you know, like, oh, you know, you could give, you know, like Bezos or whatever could give everyone ten thousand dollars in the whole world or whatever, and they'd still have whatever, and you know, those sort of things that you read yeah. online, but. A lot of people couldn't handle even getting that $10,000. Like, what do I do with $10,000, right? And because if they don't know how to manage their money, you're not helping them at all. Yeah, you you need that education to grow into it. And we've seen also with lottery winners, some lottery winners, not all, but some go down such a horrible life path after winning the lotto. Mm. And that's what this film also kind of... Kind of, it plays with, but in time. Yes, well... <laughs> so, and that's what happens to his best friend. Like his he best gives friend him a decade. dies with nine years yeah. still on his arm. Yeah. And his wife is bitter because it's just like... And you're thinking, that, what a dipshit. Yeah. He should have immediately given nine years, five yeah. years, shared with his yeah, wife. shared at 50-50. And then he could go off and drink himself to death. Yeah. And then his wife would probably still be sad, but... <laughs> at, least well, at least you go, well, uh, at least I'll be alive here for when my child grows up type yeah. of thing. Yeah, okay, so... So that's it. Let's, let's go on because this is what I mean. This is what I like about this yeah, movie. This, you can't you think. watch this movie without thinking of all these amazing things. So, like, I mean, the movie doesn't even, wouldn't even have to be a particularly good movie, but the fact the topic just is so interesting mm. to sort of delve into. Uh, so tell me then, was there something in this sci-fi, something sci-fi about this film that you, you know, liked or maybe, maybe stylistically? It's a good question. I liked... The gifting of time. So we just kind of talked about that. Um, I liked that, yeah, if you gifted time to someone as in you're gifting money, I think that's what we kind of do. Like you and I as friends, you might say, oh, Mark, can you pay for this coffee? I've got my wallet. Or uh, you might go go out with someone and you pay for their dinner. Or, I don't know, you, you buy your wife a present or you buy your... You know, I don't know, your loved ones or something or whatever. You donate money or a you puppy. donate money to a church or to a podcast, whatever, right? <laughs> like, I think you should donate to a podcast. Don't, donate to a podcast. Support the arts, you know. But I I kind of liked that in this film, uh, you know, Will definitely, he kind of, he, he does that real honourable thing that every time he's given time, he really does want to just keep sharing it and sharing it with people mm. to the point where he, he doesn't get it. You know, like, sorry, where he's got none again, you know, like he's really fighting for his life multiple times. He could have just sat back and enjoyed the rest of his life, but no, he kind of kept giving it. And I think there's just so so many metaphors in this film of like that's how money can be as well. Uh, so I, I liked that idea of gifting time. Um, I thought that was cool uh, because the rest of the film is kind of, I think, is the almost the opposite. So you have people bargaining for time. You have people... 
you know, working for time. You have people, you know, exploiting maybe their bodies for time. You have gambling. You have the drinking thing. Like the rest of it, you have that villain mobster guy kind of constantly stealing from people, you know. So, and even the society, it's even suggested, isn't it? Like the rich get richer with time. Yes. And it, like we might all sit around and go, yeah, well, it's far easier to make money if you've already got money. That, oh, yeah. And it's the same here. Like they've got time. Even Weiss, like he's gambling huge amounts of time at the poker table, isn't uh, he? A, a thousand years is yeah. what he's on the board. So he's got all that and he's, you know, as he, they steal that million, uh, is it a million years they steal yeah. from his vault? And he's like, oh, I've got another one. You know, like that was my first million. That was just the first That's million. That's the sentimental million, you know. So, yeah, it's so much easier to kind of continue to make time. So I loved the idea of gifting time. I think stylistic, and if you do think about a non and you do think about Gattaca, which we haven't done Gattaca yet, it's a really cool sci-fi, that one from the 90s. My wife um, hasn't seen it. Really? Oh, my I God. Know. So there's, there's something that's on you our You just cards. have to watch it just for that. Um, but I think if you... Th- this is one of those sci-fis where he's really turned up the green. Do you notice the green? Like quite often sci-fis are colour... They in film they have green, and yeah, so if I, you really took in the scenes of the city, you start to notice it a lot more. Like it might be the windows in the back of the building are all green, like the light is green, you know, like yeah. in the car is green, there's green tinging. So they do it a few ways, they can put filters over it, or that, as I said, it's like they, the light, the light. Turns well, I can green, see they, so. they're desaturated, yeah, and then would have uh, you know, amped up the, the green. They do. Component. And like the Matrix is probably the best example, like where mo- modern example of that green sci-fi. And so this film definitely plays off that. And I think here it's actually done quite nice. You know, you and I watched a lot of short films for Space Brains, which were great, the festival. Um, you know, people can play with those colours and maybe they don't pay off as much. But, yeah, a big film like this, the green was coming through, and I like that. Yeah, nice and, and that's, I guess, representative of money as well. Yeah, yeah you can play computer, that. Computer, the future, yeah, green is money. So are you doing anything sci-fi yourself or creatively yourself? Yeah, uh, I'm still sort of plotting away with this this book, replotting. Mm-hmm. Plotting away, yes. yes. Uh, and uh, right, just about finished writing an app for my son's business. Oh, cool. So yeah, you were talking about that last episode. Yes, yeah, so, so that's quite good. I, it's getting a little bit closer there. It's you know pulls your GPS coordinates from your address and will um, you know let you set up. You're going to have a account. millennial app launch where everyone is just on their phones at a milkshake bar <laughs> milkshake in bar. the barge of Mandarestry or something. Yeah, well, probably not. But as it's really much. low key. Yeah, really low key. <laughs> Yeah, I know. It'll be it'll be going out. Um, the app won't be of any use to anyone outside of WA. Mm. Probably not that useful for anyone outside of the uh, you know southern portions of Mandra. But it will grow. Yeah, is yes. it is it a app that can be scaled up? But oh yes, it's a recycling oh, collections app because right, cool. for uh, people not in Australia. Yeah, or if you're in Victoria and you don't know about this, but we have a 10 cent deposit um, on many recyclable containers, uh, beer bottles and soft drink cans and beer cans mostly. Mm. And you take it into the recycling centre and for every bottle or can you hand in, you get 10 cents. Mm. Uh, so a lot of people do buy you know, a case of beer or a, you know some soft drink or whatever or have yep. a party even. And so... They sort of think, oh, I'll do that. But if you buy one case of beer, it's $2.40. You'll get 
which means you've got to take all the lids off. You've got to sort of sort them and pack them. You got to drive to the recycling center. You got to line up. Yeah, hand, yeah. It's it's a whole procedure. And if you're going to get two dollars forty out of it, you sort of go, well, okay, I'll save up a bit. And so yeah. a few months down the rack, you've got a a pile of cases of beer and soft drink cans <laughs> and cluttering. You realize your, you're an alcoholic. Cluttering your garage, <laughs> and you're like, ah, oh, I've got to take this. And you never get around to it. Because let's face it, it's a pain in the bum. Yep. So you register on, register on this app and you just click to say, I've got a collection. And then my son and I, we rock up and we take your stuff and we drop it in the, uh, do the recycling. We, we sort them and crush them and do whatever and, and do the recycling. Yep. And then split the 10 cents. So, you know, 50-50, for example. Yeah, right. Uh, cool. Or you could choose to, you know, nominate a charity and we split it 50-50 with the charity. Nice. And that way you get some money mm-hmm. for your stuff uh, or you can donate to a charity, which would be nice. Um, but you don't have to worry about the packing and the loading and getting yeah. it to the recycling centre and so forth. Yep. And we don't have to then you know, dig through garbage bins, which is quite unpleasant yep. sometimes. They're quite icky. I've got special gloves and all sorts of things for that. Yep. And, you know... So we get less money per thing, but it's a lot easier just to drive to someone's house, load a couple of cases of empties in the car and drive off. So you basically, the app is saving people time. Saving both of us time. Yes. Because yeah. time is money. Yeah, that's right. Time has value. That's it. Absolutely. Because you can, this is the thing, it's a, it's a great system and WA's come to it a bit late compared to say South Australia, but it's a great system. But you, even that example of the beer bottles, you might go... Two dollars forty. It's going to cost me more than that in petrol just to get there. Yeah, you know. So why? Why bother? Yeah. You know. Whereas exactly. then, if there's someone else going to going to come grab it and then still give me a dollar twenty, hey, sounds like a pretty good deal. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't sound like a lot, but you have a you have a, an Australia Day party. Yeah. Yeah. You have your birthday. Then you just have like you know the occasional soft drink or the you know drinks from Happy Meals or whatever yeah. takeaways you get. Um, and you store them up and yeah, yeah. maybe you get five, ten bucks. What, what, is, what I'm noticing, because I'm doing it for my middle son, we're not going as advanced as an app, but I've just started more doing it for him. But what's bizarre is like tonight on the train, I felt a tap on my foot. I looked down, there's a Coke bottle. Yes. So I just put it in my bag. <laughs> yeah. right? And then this and is then the trap. The, my other wife day, and I. the other day, I, um, where was it? We well, actually walking the kids to school. Three bottles, just on the side of you know, like on the side of the road. Yeah, and, it's a disease. And so I just, I didn't pick them up on the way to school. I said to my son, "I'll get them on the way back," and I did. They were just still sitting there. So, uh, and you talk about the disease. Driving to the train station, that main road, the the highway. I as I'm driving, I'm like, "There's a bottle. There's a bottle. There's a bottle. There's a can. There's a bottle." I know you, you can't <laughs> and help then my it. Head's like, from that traffic light to that traffic light is a dollar worth of bottles. Yeah. You know, like, it's crazy. It, it does add up. I mean, it doesn't add up to huge fortunes. No. But, for example, uh, I pulled into the, the and fuel station. Seinfeld do, does do a whole episode yeah, about this. Yeah, I re- refueled the car and I was about to, and I saw it in the bin, <laughs> someone had basically chucked, uh, they'd put a four-pack of you know energy drinks yeah, yeah. and they put the cans back in the pack yeah. and chucked the whole thing just whole, just sitting on top of the bin. Yeah. I just went, boom, took yep. that. 40 cents. 40 cents. There you go. That's how it adds up. This is now a podcast about recycling. It, it is. It's, <laughs> we it's, could do a whole other podcast. The system works. Yeah, There's it does. that many fewer bottles and cans floating around the place going up yeah. turtles' noses. And I do know, just to finish this conversation, that, for example, and I won't say the science behind it, but 
the recycling rates in WA were at the lowest across the country. South Australia, who's had the 10 cent refund system for many, many years, has the highest recycling rate, mm-hmm. something in the high 90s, whereas WA was somewhere in the 60s. So that's pre-bringing in the 10 cent exchange. So I don't know what the numbers are now, but it just sort of showed that you implement a program like that, people recycle, tend to recycle more. Yeah, and it's yeah, so. it's better for recycling because it's sorted. Because that's the problem, you chuck it all in one bin. Yeah. That's just going to landfill, let's face it. It's yeah. far too expensive for someone to go through these recycling bins and you know pluck stuff out. Yes. Um, but anyway, we- film festival... We've got another two entries today. Yeah, we did. Awesome. Fantastic. So Keep them they're, coming. They're coming along nicely. We want more uh, feature films. We want more music videos. We want more shocking, more startling and amusing <laughs> short films. Yes. And we Keep them short. Keep them under 15 minutes for the short categories. Yes. And, uh, and really probably the shorter the better. Um, and they must have something to do with speculative science. Some sort of science fictiony yeah. relatedness to them. Maybe something about time, maybe not. I watched a, a lovely music video from Canberra. Mount mm. Stromlo Observatory is where it was filmed. Cool. And I have been there myself. Yeah. Gorgeous part of the world. <laughs> um, brilliant. And so, yeah, just keep them. If you haven't made or submitted, don't stress. There still is, you know, more submission dates to come. So you've got a bit of time, but now's the time to get shooting, submitting, editing, producing. Call up Justin Timberlake, get him in there and, yeah, get it happening. I will. Do it. Do it. Okay, so let's get stuck into the film. So now we're going to go into some of the key parts, plot, mixed in with some of the techniques, talk a bit about symbolism, some of the overall narrative, camera, lighting, sound, just really get into the nitty-gritty of in time. And uh, as we go throughout, we'll kind of comment on some of the scenes in a bit of detail and some a little bit differently. Uh, In Time was written and directed by New Zealand filmmaker, as we said his name before, Andrew Nicole. Uh, And we have Justin Timberlake as Will Sales, Amanda Segfrey as Sylvia Weiss, and Cillian Murphy as timekeeper Raymond Leon. I liked that he was a timekeeper and not a detective. He wasn't. He makes the point a couple of times. (laughs) Yes, they're the police. But they're the time police. He, yeah. he's you know he scoffs at uh, Will's uh, question about justice. Mm. He goes, "Oh, justice! I'm here to make sure the system keeps working." Yeah, and and later as well, he talks about I run, keep running the time, don't like the clocks, keep the clocks running. Yes, um, this was filmed in the United States. It's kind of a big Hollywood film. Budget forty million. Now I really liked this, and I think they should be very happy with this return. So from a $40 million return in time, they got $174 million in, in return. Yeah, I mean, a, I'd like that. I, I, that's a good return on investment. I don't, I don't know what that's like from the Hollywood executive's point of view. They're probably going, ah, oh, how am I supposed to get my second yacht with that? <laughs> well, you, oh, yeah, you quadrupled your money. I mean, yeah, I think you'd have to, I think, I mean, surely you'd have to be happy, but let us know. If you're not happy. Um, it does, this film, have a bit of criticism, I think, of Justin's acting. Um, well, I, I thought that funny because I thought he was quite quite reasonable in this. Like, it's really solid. Um, he didn't have any uh, particularly, you know, what, what you call like Oscar nomination scenes to be in. No. But for the scenes he was in, I thought it was, 
more than you know, yeah. more than adequate. Like certainly, I have seen larger named actors performing a little less interestingly. Yeah. I think so. I think he has the chops in this. And yeah, absolutely. It, it's a solid performance, to be honest. So, anyway, let us know what you think but about Justin, his ad. If you do want to be in another film, I'm making a short film. You can be in that one, yep. and I won't criticise your acting. <laughs> no one will. Your singing I will because I'm not a real fan of the singing. Yep. But this, you know. He doesn't sing in this film. I can so. get you to dance. Your dancing's pretty cool. Your dancing's good. Your acting's pretty good. Mm. I mean, you do sing well. I just don't like the songs. Yeah. I'm sorry. It's not for me. And yeah. he doesn't do any songs in this, so you no. don't have to stress about that. Okay, so we like to break uh, the narrative down into some common elements, a three-act structure, which you do tend to find in... Uh, Feature films, novels, uh, you get this kind of, you know, beginning, middle, end as a real base point. And we also go through some of the kind of beats or scenes from some of the script writing teachers that you can find out there in particular. Campbell, Schneider, McKee, Field. There's names of a band. Yes, yeah, so they should be. <laughs> um, where this three-act structure kind of gets broken down into some key parts. What is Act 1 all about? Sorry? Uh, Act 1 is going to introduce us to the world and it's going to let us know what this story is basically going to be about. So we have uh, an opening image which will set a scene and a tone and this opening will also then give us a, a bit of a contrast for later on in the piece. The uh, characters are all introduced, some themes are introduced and then we have the what I think is probably one of the two important parts. There's two really important parts of the uh, first act. Ooh. One of them is the inciting incident. So this is the point where, as an audience, you basically have a guess at what this film's going to be about mm-hmm. and how it's going to roll. Yep. And the second important point then is the decision the protagonist makes about that. Yep. Which should be to go on and have fun. With that idea, mm. you know, and when I say fun, yeah, obviously in horror films, rarely is it genuine fun as such, but rather it's the the promise of the premise. I think the yeah. term is is where you've someone sets you up with the inciting incident, and you go, oh, that's interesting. This is something good's going to come out mm. of this. I'm expecting X, Y, Z to happen. Yeah, and then the you know the decision, the debate, the protagonist has to sort of think through those problems, or, or you know what. What does this mean and and maybe I need to, what action should I take? Mm. And we expect that and we like that. And then we launch from there into Act 2. Well, yeah, as you're saying that, this is a really good example where imagine if Justin's character, Will, the film just kept following him on his daily struggle. Yeah. And that's it, right? Like he just goes to the factory, he's fighting with his mum about... We've got one day left. Oh, we've got a few hours left. Oh, now we've got a few minutes. Oh, now I've managed to get it back a couple of hours. Oh, now we've got to take out a loan. Sure, interesting. Sci-fi, setting up a world. Mm. But where's it going, right? Like what would be the point yeah, in at, watching that for two hours? At what point as the audience go, oh, that's what this film's going to be about because you, you, you'd be waiting for that the whole time. Yeah. I've, I've seen a couple of movies like that. Where, I have too, yeah. Where you sort of get to and you look and you, it's like been an hour in and you go, nothing's what, happened. what is this film doing? Like. <laughs> Where are they going with this? Yeah, and that uh, the reason why I say that is like this. I think this is a really good example that it's such a good setup, but but like you need something to kind of go. Okay, well now we know what the world is. What's actually going to happen? What? Are, why are we here? We're What's here for, the point of difference? 
We're here for the fun and games. We are. And that is in Act 2. So we have those fun and games. We have the B story where we follow along maybe a love interest or, you know, a buddy romance or a friendship or something like that developing. But, yeah, we essentially have the trailer being played out here. And this film does this really well. The fun and games are there. He gets a sports car. You know what I mean? Like, you know, he goes to a fancy party. He's mixing with the the wealthy people. Like, it's really evident that it's the fun and games in this film. Mm. Um, But the fun and games must come to an end, and that's pretty much around the middle of the film. Uh, This film also I found, basically because how I watched watched it this time was I, I had a bit of a break point right on the right on the midpoint yeah. and it was very evident that when I then watched the second half with a little bit of an intermission that it was like oh this is quite different this part of the film like it was really quite noticeable but a midpoint is the story changes so we're going from the fun part and it becomes a lot more serious uh, some of those teachers talk about the bad guys close in or you know all you know, everything turns pear shape people die, you know, the the plan they had doesn't quite work out. And basically the character needs to get to a point where they're really soul-searching and going, why did I come on this journey and what am I now going to do about it? And essentially we all as humans get to this point sometimes. You know, it can happen on a daily basis for some people. But I'm sure it happens to it's happened to you. Sorry, it's happened to me for sure. Where things are just not quite working out. The stuff you've done, the decisions you make, have gotten you to where you are, and then you're kind of like, ah, oh, this is all a bit crap. And then in a story like this or a film, it's about what does the character do then? You know, they come up with a new plan, and it's that plan that shifts the the you know lifts the story into a third gear, and they try again. Uh, and that leads us into the third act. Yeah, the third act starts off with a bit of a gearing up, a bit of a plan, a bit of mm. a... Uh, as you said, we've come out of like the, the bottoming out, mm. and so there's going to be an uplift. And, and again, of course, when you use the term uplift, it, it means a an inflection in yeah. the film, like that there's something coming to a conclusion. And they get it ready, the characters go out, and they confront whatever it is that needs to be confronted. And it doesn't quite go to plan. Like, you'll, there'll be a reversal. Yep. Everything's not so easy. And that's where they they put into action something they've learned or something they've discovered about themselves or the world uh, that they've learned through the process of the story. Yep. And that sees through to an, a finale where there's some sort of a, a resolution. Yep. And we have a final image which will often, not always, often contrast with the opening image to yeah. give you that, um, you know, picture's worth a thousand words. Here is, here's a quick picture to show you a description of what life is going to go on with, yeah, how it's going to work out. Happily ever after or not so happily ever after, but that sort of polar opposite. Mm. And I was just thinking there that, you know, you hatch a plan, the plan doesn't quite work, you know, and in these sort of climaxes in Act 3... You know, an alcoholic might decide, hey, yeah, that's it. I'm not going to drink anymore. And so that's their plan. And they go hunting that, you know, I'm going to be sober and they're sober. And then very next morning, what happens to the alcoholic is their old drunk mates rock up, you know, and and bring them free booze and whatever. And so they've, again, faced with the demon of the bottle just when they said, I'm not going to do it anymore, you know. And so it's like, oh, they, they don't quite achieve their goal again. 
<laughs> you know, so and then, you know, in this case, the the villain is the bottle or the addiction or whatever it might be. So then they've got to like muster up all the courage to do that again. So yeah, that takes us through kind of some rough key points that we want to focus on with in time. So this film started with uh, Will's giving us a bit of a voiceover. But yeah, yeah, giving us a bit of context. As a lot of, lot of green color at the start. A lot of green color, um, and it was giving us just that context of. That uh, he does say that line that time is currency mm. in that opening beginning, uh, but he basically spells out to us really quickly that we are genetically engineered to stop aging after our twenty fifth birthday, and time is currency. He says something along those lines. Mm. What is that opening image? It's like of the ghetto, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it pulls out from the the pulsing numbers. Yeah, that's it. And we end up with yeah that street, which yep. is probably Skid Row, I think, in yeah. LA, but it's. <laughs> Yeah, it's a street. It it doesn't look too bad. So it's not. I don't think it's a um, you know, a a real wasteland sort of a street no. look. But it's a like you know, in Elysium, for example, where yeah, Matt Damon's character is wandering out, and it's just it's that's a real slum ghetto. Yeah. Yeah. This is like a real bottom blue collar. Yeah, working sort class. Of, it's run down a bit. It's a bit tatty, but there's clearly people here all engaged yep. in something. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know what, I will say, I, this film I found, if you take that first 10 minutes, it's a really good example of a great setup because within that 10 minutes, you find out about Will and his mum. Mm. You find out about the rules of the game. Like, you find out that they're sharing time. He gives her a bit of time. It's her birthday. You have this weird sort of, I think they probably did this deliberately, that his mum is really quite hot, but it's her 50th birthday. So it's kind of really jarring a bit yeah, as an audience. Um, well, because when he first comes out and there's just a, a woman of a similar age, actually the actress was three years younger than Justin Timberlake <laughs> at this time. Yeah. But uh, And now she's three years older. I don't know how that worked. Oh, but, that's mm. just, yeah, Justin. But he, he comes out because he he's gets up all shirtless and hot looking. Yeah. And he comes out and there's this hot woman yeah. in there of a similar age. And your immediate thought is, oh, um, they're a couple. Yeah. Because uh, they could be brother, sister, but it kind of isn't the way these things work. No. And then you discover it's his mum. Mm. And, yeah, it does. It it immediately shocks you with that. This is the reality of the world. Remember, everyone's 25, even if they've been alive for 50 years. Yeah, so it's a good visualisation of the mm. world. Um, and very quickly you're realising that, you know, they, they don't have much time and they've got to really fight for their time and they, they've got to, like, do the hustle and the bustle just actually, to get through. Actually, what I really loved about this opening sort of sequence where you know, he talks with his mum, she gives him 30 minutes by touching yeah. their wrists together, he goes out in the street, he meets that girl who asks for a minute, and, you know, and this goes up and then he gets the coffee. You know, it's just that that happens so quickly. But yeah. sometimes uh, beginning writers, and I know I've asked the same question myself, is... What does show don't tell mean? Mm. You know, what does show don't tell mean? Like sometimes you've got to tell stuff, don't you, right? Yeah. And the answer is this opening sequence is a show. Yeah, it is. Like so he he did say, uh, yeah, you're 25 and time's currency. So he's going, oh, but he just told us that. But immediately he runs out. We see 50-year-old mum is actually just 25. Mm. Here, take 30 minutes for a good, decent lunch. Yep. Which you is what a mum would say. Ticking, yeah. And then they do the arm thing. They mentioned fighting. Yep. Down in the street, a girl comes up. She's not yet 25, but she's got a little machine that can take the money. Yeah. At uh, the time, sorry. And then you see a couple of guys fighting. Yep. And so you money. go, oh, fighting is kind of like an arm wrestle thing, but it's yeah. like 
transferring the money. Yep. And then he goes past a dead guy who's got zeroed out. <clears throat> and then he buys a coffee, which just goes up in price. Like the whole thing along there, yep. we've just been shown the reality mm. of every day in this world. Yeah, yeah. Even and though it's just that it's two minutes of film time. Yeah. And, and on, so on top of that, he's, you know, all those things Sarah's just said, but then he's like, he's in the factory making the time bank things. Yeah, you that's, know? So, that's the irony. You know, it? that's the, that, and that's always the irony in these things. Like, make the robot, you know, the robot that's going to kill everyone or whatever, right? Yeah. Like, or make the bomb that, you know, is going to save the day. Yeah, the or was, so, was it the cube where yeah, they, they the, made whatever. their own prison? Yeah. Yeah. And he's doing it, he's making sure. And, and what's great is that he's kind of said to his mum, you know, I'm. And with his friend, he's like, oh, I'm doing a double shift. Are you doing a double shift? And the guy's like, yeah. And, you know, so it's all shown to us really rapidly and, and he's making those time machines and he comes out and the you see, like, oh, here's your pay and it goes straight onto his arm and, and he says to the manager, he goes, oh, hang on, you're cutting my pay. And, oh, that's just, that's what it is today. Yeah. That's all you're getting paid. And he's like, oh, I've made my numbers. And he's like, the numbers have gone up. And so straight away they're spelling out that, these people, the working class people, there's no way out of this world. Very no. similar to money, right? Like you make money, but you got to pay your rent and your bills. Yeah. And then all you need is inflation to go up a little bit. And all of a sudden your money's not as valuable anymore. So that amount of time you're spending at work is now worth less time. But the people employing you are necessarily, they might be gaining more from you. So it's, a, it's an interesting cycle of, mm. yeah, like... Poverty, isn't it? But here, nice. time poverty, and it's and, really nice. And that could have been told. It, it could have literally been Justin's character sitting down, talking to another character. Well, it could have been same. writing on the screen, right? Could have been like, a, a, could written have been a written scroll but, thing, you know. Yeah, no. uh, and him and, giving the girl the five minutes, save the cat. Yep, save the you cat. Know, like a, a little girl who does. Who, she's not on a time clock yet. She doesn't need the five minutes. He could die. Yeah. <laughs> But I loved that, you know, really rapidly. I think by about the nine-minute mark, because uh, I did pause it. It's like around here. I paused for a moment. Um, we haven't even had the inciting incident. We've had such a world-building oh, As I said, happened. if you ever want to know the difference between show but don't yeah. tell, watch the first few minutes of this film yeah, yeah. and you have been shown every aspect that you need to know about this world yeah. without anyone telling you anything. Mm-hmm. It's all actions. People are doing things yeah. that you, you um, demonstrate the world. It's, yeah, yeah it's, it's really good. So he comes off his double shift and he goes into this bar and, um, yeah, there's a, guy, there's a guy that obviously doesn't make sense to be in there. He's in kind of a bit of a suit. He's sitting in the middle. There's a couple of attractive beauties around him. Everyone's It's a kind of dive bar, so he just doesn't fit in, does he? Yeah. No. And um, He also and looks a little bit too relaxed. Everyone he, else looks yeah, a little bit on edge. Everyone else is on edge. And uh, anyway, and then his mate says, hey, this guy's buying everyone rounds of drinks. He's, you know, he's, he's loaded, you know. And you can see, and again, see, this is a good setup of that character, right? Like he's a drinker. He's, yeah. His best mate is a drinker. And um, and you did notice that when he got the coffee, he poured a bit of alcohol into his coffee Yeah, as that's well, always so like a good that's sign. That's always a good sign if you're having your coffee with alcohol in it. Probably you might need to get some help, actually. Um, anyway, so... I sometimes put instant coffee in my non-instant coffee just for a bit of extra caffeine. That's fine. Is that okay? Yeah. That's uh, fine. Hey, I don't see any problem with caffeine. Like, no. caffeine's fine. Go for it. Um... So yeah, he he 
So, but he realises, again, Will being the good guy that Will is, he, he's realising that there's a few blokes eyeing him up. Yeah, there's, there's something bad. there's sort of like a dodgy guy on the well, left see, of him. They look a bit out of place too. Like they're they a little bit smarter dressed. They are. But they look, uh, one of the guys looks like Clockwork Orange. Yeah. You know, he's got the whole, you know, hat. <laughs> he's and got the, the weird hat. He's got that. It just looks like there's, in fact, one shot, and, I, and Andrew Nickel can get on us and tell us, but I'm pretty sure there's one shot was an homage to the um, the poster for Clockwork Orange yeah. because it, it's just this upward shot angle of that character Good point, with his hat in silhouetted in a door frame just for a moment and I just went, whoa, that is Clockwork mm. Orange right there. Yeah. They definitely, I noticed a couple of homages in this. I saw The Matrix, I saw um, Gattaca, which is interesting, but that's probably not so much a homage as just the director. Um, and... Yeah, the Matrix scene at the end when they're running on the rooftop. Yeah, that I know the up and down slopes. I was going to, I was going to mention it to my wife. Yes, Um, she doesn't like when I just constantly talk in (laughs) these (laughs) films. That's what the podcast is for. Sorry. Yes. Uh, Yeah, but anyway, he notices that this kind of he's being sized up by these guys, and everyone exits the bar really quickly because I guess that's the interesting thing here is it's it's not just. They might rob you of your money. They might they'll rob you of all your time and your yeah, debt, right? Take like, your time. Yeah, yeah. So everyone exits really quickly. Um, and this guy says he's going to uh, we're going to fight, which we, as sorry said we already learnt was the arm thing. And uh, good old Timberlake kind of hangs around, and this guy kind of drunk guy eyes him up and says, "Yeah, sure, but I've got to go to the bathroom." The clockwork orange guy escorts him. He vomits. Yeah. He's not in a good shape. To fight, yeah, and um, but also doesn't seem to care too much. No, and uh, with that, good old uh, Will's kind of knocks out the clockwork, clockwork orange dude, and um, they go running for it. They scarper. Yeah, so there's a bit of a chase scene, but he gets out, and they, you know, they they do the old cat and mouse, but they get away. And this is pretty much to me the inciting or incident. On yeah, the it's like it's that bit where you you have that conversation where the yeah. guy he's got so much time, but He's 105 and he's, he says, you know, the, the mind gives out before the body does. Mm. He just doesn't see the point yep. of this. He's tired. He's done. And the, there you sort of, you, you know he's going to give time to uh, Will. Like, you know he's going to do it. But uh, it's, it's interesting if you're going to say one shot is the inciting incident, I think it's got to be the bit when he transfers the time. Because, mm. I mean... It's kind of a fuzzy area anyway. You can sort of say this couple of minutes here where they had this conversation. But when he does transfer the time and goes off, you know, with five minutes left to, to die, yeah, that's when you go, oh, okay. Tra- transferring the time is the moment, now, right? Yeah, now yeah. what yeah, you're thinking to yourself, wow, okay, the fun and games are going to be, what's he going to do with so much time? Like he was, mm. he was getting by day to day, like 26 hours yeah, out yeah. of 24 type of thing. Yeah. What's he going to do with so much time on his hands? You know, oh, his his mum. He can he can help his mum out. Mm. She's you know they're going alone and uh, you know his his friend. But then this guy dies, and yeah, he runs. And you know he's going to have trouble with these thieves again. You know, so all of these thoughts and ideas. So so I like this. I'll just say here, like I don't think it was shot anything. It, it, was, it was no, sorry, I should say it was shot really quite a clever way of revealing the plot because so Justin and um, this guy's called Henry Hamilton who's 105 years old and he's got this clock on him of 116 years or something and 
he actually offers it to him, remember? He actually oh, says, yes. so, so I just wanted to say that, like, he offers it to him and, and Will says no, like, oh, I can't take that, right? And But we should get sleep, we'll be safe in here, the, the hoodlums have gone. They go to sleep and there's a kind of like a camp, The more, you, you see that morning's coming, whatever, and the camera just pans past the two of them are sleeping on opposite chairs or whatever. And again, that was a little bit matrixy, I thought. Mm. Like they were just kind of like those chairs opposite each other. But anyway, it scrolls past and you kind of hear some noise. And then he sneakily transfers the arm, you know, while Wills is asleep and disappears. And when Will wakes up, he looks at his arm and he's like a bit shocked. And, and Henry's no longer there. And you can just see him. It's quite cool, isn't it? It's like he's crossed too far away to save, really. Yeah. That's the whole point. Sitting on the edge of a bridge. Um, but again, Wills kind of does the bolt. And all, all of that to me, like that's the inside and incident, but it's a really interesting one because Wills said no to the gift of time, mm. even though he did, really didn't have much time, um, when clearly this guy was just trying to get rid of it. He also kind of is revealing to us that actually the rich people are kind of hoarding all their time. Yeah, you know, and, and they're not really enjoying it all they're not much. enjoying it anyway you know so like like who what's the point of having all the time he's lived a life you know and i love i love the also tells uh, i keep calling him jt but the um will he says don't waste my time <laughs> yeah like and that's usually yeah. uh you know sort of a, a an aggressive thing to say but in this case it is a very literal thing it's a literal thing yeah yeah, yeah. Make make the most of this because that's what he says. You know, if if I gave you all this, what would you do? What would you do with it? Yeah, he that's says, a really good. Well, question. Well, I'd, I'd make the most of it, wouldn't I? That's yeah. what he says. Which again is this ongoing theme of the film, isn't it? It's like if you had all this time, what would you do with it? Yeah. And then because he also says, oh, there's a you can do a lot in a day. Yeah, you can you do know, a lot in a day. Because that's the thing, right? You can sort of say if you take the if you if you turn it into money, like. A hundred dollars. Oh, it doesn't. Oh, I'd rather have a hundred million dollars, right? Yeah. But then it's like, but you can actually do a lot with a hundred dollars. Oh yeah, as you, you said. Know, like, I went out to to Kings Park. Um, that's only a hundred dollars in fuel. Yeah. <laughs> so I went up to Kings Park and we we spent the day up there. We just we had um, I don't know, just basic sandwich yeah, for, yeah. like that we packed with us. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, we had a ball. Yeah, yep. two three hours up there checking out the wildflowers. Yep. Uh, for those of you who are not blessed to be in Perth this time of year, springtime, yeah, it's an awesome time, absolutely stunning in the uh, in the out in the bushland and so forth. All the wildflowers come out. Some of the Australian wildflowers are very sci-fi looking. They are. They're wacky. Um, <laughs> uh, I guess if you're in South Africa, you probably actually see a, a number of those sort of yeah, proteas and waratah type things as yeah. well, but. Okay, so to me, Will's debate here um, after his friend has jumped off the bridge is that he's, you know, what is he going to do with this what, time? What does like, he do with it? What does he do with it? Um, we get a couple of plot points. So we have the detectives, the timekeeper, mm. rock up at the murder scene. Um, they they kind of give us the impression that they feel that Will murdered him, that it wasn't suicide. So straight away it's kind of like, you know, that's adding a bit of pace to the story as well. And we also get the thugs kind of rocking up. Well, they rocked up maybe first, didn't they? And they, they're like, oh, he must have taken all his time. Yeah. Um, but that's okay. We know where he is. You know, we'll hunt him down. So it's good time clocks there of storytelling because now you've got Will. He's got the gift. It could really be anything, right? It could be money. could be yeah. time. He doesn't know what he's going to do with it because he doesn't normally have that. <laughs> Poor man gets time. 
and the bad guys are he's got two lots of bad guys that are hunting him. Yeah. And it, so what does I, he do? I, well, I love the bit where he tries uh, to meet his mum yeah. for her birthday, and she gets on the bus. Yeah. And he says it'll be two hours. He says yeah. one hour is it? Well, two hours. It was just one hour. It was. And she looks, she's got a one and a bit over one and a half yeah. hours. And you know that she gave 30 minutes. Yeah. And yeah. you sort of go, oh, oh, if you hadn't given, made sure you hadn't been a mum. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, so but she. That's common, right? Like mum gives the last $2 in her purse and then she doesn't have $2. And, and this is, this is uh, a, an amazing scene because, of course, it's, he won't let her on the bus. Like he just no. absolutely will not do yeah. it. And so walk. If it's a two-hour walk, he says, well. You know, make your choices. Yeah. And she's like an hour and a half. So she does, she's just running and you're going, well, yeah, this is a real, it's turning a bus fare into a real life and death scenario. <laughs> it's like, you know, if, yeah. if you are further away from your next source of time, then you mm-hmm. have time left. Yeah. And of course, Will is on the other end and doesn't find his mum. So he starts heading back the other direction to try and catch up with her. And you get this heartbreaking scene where she's running, running, running and just... As, As they moments away, she looks like she's sort of leaping into his arms, but no, she's not falling right, and she just collapses down just out of time. And there he is with 116 years on his arm, and his mum just ran out. And yeah, I know he's just like it's, it's a bit heartbreaking because of that half hours that she gave him. And if that hadn't happened, you know, she would have a bit of time left mm-hmm. over. Although, if you do the maths on the train, the bus ride, and all the rest of it. She should have actually had about 11 minutes. Yeah, she should have got there, I thought. But yeah. But we don't know. The difficulty, she didn't she have great... She wasn't running in heels. She didn't have great running shoes right. on. She maybe had to stop and rest for a bit. Maybe someone waylaid her and begged her for money and two stuff. Two hours of running, that's a long run as well. Like, well, you know, I couldn't run I, got, I get the impression that, first of all, they've got bodies of a 25-year-old. Yeah. And secondly, in the ghettos here... They run everywhere. They run everywhere. <laughs> so I think they're all pretty... They're, get, they're fit. You didn't see any overweight people in the ghetto. No. It's like they're all athletic. In fact, pretty much just about everyone in this film was a model, looked yeah. like a model, which I think was part of that whole genetic. You've got that genetic perfection and you're, you've got a youthful body and that's prime for the entire duration of your life. Mm. The only question is how long is that, is that life? Yes. The other thing he does is oh, give hand- his buddy... Ten for years. Our ten years, decade. We've been friends for ten years. I'll give you a decade. And we see him go off to the pub. Um, and he's got the wife and the baby. So that's a little bit sad. Mm. <clears throat> but again, we don't at that point. Oh, the other sad thing was when she looks at the baby's arm, there's a, a year on there. And she says, oh, if only we could have that year now. We've got so yeah. many debts. Yeah. And you think, okay, well, that means as soon as she's 25... Just like happened, you know, I think Will said this as Will well. Said it's just the same thing. When he turned 25, he had to use they most of his year use, yeah. for debts. Yep. And that's what's going to happen. And it's just mm. like, oh my God. <laughs> but all of this, what's happened to his mom and the system and all this, is, has sort of now driven him. And this is a really good break into two to me is that he's pissed off, he's heartbroken, he's angry. And so he vows to revenge his mother's death. Yes. So he's going to go somewhere that people in the ghetto never go, which is the new Greenwich, where all the rich people are. Yes. So I've got this 116 years, I'm going to head there. And gets into a ordered Uber, whatever you want to call it. Big limo. Now, they were cool in this film, these cars. You know, it's like they really stylized old 1950s cars, didn't they? Also, the criminals drove around in like a bright, you know, golden paint job. Yeah. But the rich people 
or, or pretty much everyone else, if they were cops, they were these matte black muscle cars. Yeah. And if they were the rich people, they were the shiny black mm. Lincoln Continentals or whatever yeah, they are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah, it was just They'd... like the crims were driving uh, and Will. In fact, when Will buys that car, he says, oh, you know, where would you like us to send it for display? And he says, display, I'm going to drive it. And you can sort of see him going, but the car's not black. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so is it, it, I, I really thought that was a cool attention to detail about it. Was oh. that the, like, you know, because you can take iRobot and Demolition Man and, and, you know, a whole bunch of those kind of films where Audi or BMW make, you know, prototype kind of stylish, futuristic sports cars, whereas these were classic cars but just with little sort of a bit more modelling, a bit of tweaking to their yeah, fronts. Bit of smoothing. The lights were a little bit different. The colouring was a little bit, you know, all the same, you know, so that just kind of gave it a futuristic look. And, and did you notice the car that Will gets is the Porsche uh, 551, which is James Dean's car, mm. Rebel Without a Cause. Yeah. Yes, so I'm, I'm pretty sure the only reason you'd choose that car was because you're trying to, you know, play up a bit on this Rebel thing. I think so. I mean, otherwise... You just use a Ferrari or whatever, you know. It was fitting of all the other cars they had, but that's the yeah, way it's, I kind of saw in it that as well. Age but, period as yeah. well, but yeah, there were, there were other sports cars that would have worked as well. So we get here the fun and games. He's arrived in Greenwich, the hotel, as you said. He's he's running everywhere, and he notices. Oh no, you need to walk leisurely mm. uh, in the hotel. He kind of like sleeps in, wakes up really quickly and then realises he's got all that time. He can kind of put his head back on the pillow. Yeah. He uh, gorges his food down when yes, everyone else is just Scraping every slowly. bit off the plate. <laughs> yeah. And- yeah, it was very obvious that he didn't come from money. Um, and the waitress says that. She goes, oh, you eat really fast. And he's like, oh, okay, yeah. And uh, he goes in gambles, you know, and this is where he meets Weiss uh, and he buys a car and he goes to the big fancy party. So he's living this and he meets um, uh, Liz. Uh, no, what's her name? Sylvia. Sylvia, sorry. And and this is the, the fun and games because this yeah. is like, okay, we've if seen the ghetto and stuff. Time. Now he's got a, a shed load of time. What is What are we doing? And we, like and we see all of that. Yeah. And, yeah, he does the gambling and he, and he wins Again, he goes down to the last second before yep. he gets it transferred. Yep. And yeah, 1,100 years or something. Which, yeah. if, I mean, this is what got me about this film, and it gets you about wealth as well. You can kind of picture 100 years. Yeah. Yeah, you got 116 you years. Yeah, yeah, okay. Like, if you went back 116 years, that's 1905 or six or whatever it is. Um, that's actually, I wouldn't want to go back then. But yeah, that's, it's imaginable. And you can imagine maybe the next 50 years, yeah, you know, so potentially the 100 years of, from here. When you go to 1,000 years, you, you're starting to get, you go, well, okay, that's serious. I mean, like if yeah. if you just spent that at a normal rate, you know, presumably, say he just went back to his factory job, which paid him basically 24 hours a day. Yeah. And then he just, you know, used that to, to buy his food and so forth. Mm. So the 1,100 years was actual lifespan. That's imme- like you're going, okay, that is like seriously... Yeah, wealthy. That's coming from the, the the dark ages to now. That sort of time span. Yeah. But when you're talking about uh, Weiss with his, uh, he had ten thousand years on his arm at the gambling table. Yeah. And then he had a million years, his first million, in that vault. And you're going, yeah. hang on, he's got multiple millions of years. Like, you, that's pre-human. Mm. Yeah. You know, if you went back a million years, that's 
800,000 years before humans were around. Yeah, yeah. You know, you're, you're talking about megafauna and woolly mammoths and mm. even earlier than that. You know, like yeah, yeah. it's just, it's crazy time. But, it, but it'd be, it, it's also, this is the currency. So if he's got millions of millions, it's, it, it's the same, isn't it? When you, if you're an average income earner, like someone like myself, it's like, oh, a million dollars? You might be able to ma- imagine a million dollars. Like mm. in your head, I think you can... I think you can imagine it, right? Well, yeah, because you, you, you know can the value a, of a house. You can see a house and, and, and a you sort of go, oh, yeah. Like, and how much maybe you earn each year. Like, oh, okay, so a million Yeah, it's about a million dollars a year, yeah. yeah. This is so many this years of my salary. This podcast is extremely yeah. lucrative. <laughs> but, but then if it's like a hundred million dollars or if it's a billion dollars, yeah, if, then you, you start to go, but hang on, that's beyond, like, I would own my home i could buy any cars i'd never have to work like i think i think the minute as a human i know for myself the minute as a human if you honestly thought you never had to work for money again because that's the same here right like he gets that much time on him even a hundred years that's a life yeah so as you said if he doesn't he doesn't have to work anymore he could just live his life he'd live a nice life wouldn't have to worry anymore just become old yeah but if you get a thousand years, you've now got you know, now you've got to kind of burn money, yeah, money yeah. right? Like you've got to do risky. You've got things. multiple lifetimes. You, yeah. So so now what? You know. So so it's the same. I think it's the same with money. In that, if you said, "Oh, I've got a million dollars," like you're you're a dad of you know you've got a couple of kids and a wife and that, like a million dollars, you'd be like, "Okay, I can buy my house. I can have a car." Uh, I might still actually have to work oh, to would, get the kids. Like I'd probably you'd, still, you'd still have to have work. To I'm afraid, yeah. a little bit of money. Like I'd still, have to, but maybe I don't have to work full time. Maybe I could actually run my own business. I would have then, a bit more time. Yeah, you would have would more I? time, yes. right? Like you could definitely afford more know, time. And, and this, this is what like, got me with that thing, so. million years. Yeah. You just sort of going, how do if, you? Yeah, oh, that's and as the same. Um, I, I've mentioned this study they did where ten million dollars is kind of this this roughly speaking, this number where people will be so wealthy that they don't have to worry about their worries, they can pursue their own sort of things, but not so wealthy that they're left with these problems of what the hell do I do with this money? Like I've got people continually at me for it and I've got to take special precautions and now I've got how do I get rid of it? You know, how do I spend this money wisely and and with good you know, ethics and yeah, yeah. all these sorts of problems. And I, and I have to agree, if I had 10 million, you know, you'd be making more money than you could poke a stick at. That's right. Just by putting it into a yeah, you just put it in a bank a account fund. you'd be earning more than we and, earn and as our be, salary. Yeah. you'd be going just fine. Yeah. But you wouldn't have so much money that you'd just go, oh, well, I mean, this movie was 40 million. Yeah. So it's not like you'd just go, I'm just going to make this movie. Yeah. Which if you had a, a billion or a hundred billion, you'd just go, oh, I've got an idea for a movie. Yeah, just I'm going to make it. it. What's the budget? I don't know. Is three hundred million enough? Do you think? Yeah. yeah. Yep. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> I want to be in the movie. It'll totally bomb. So. Yeah. <laughs> I, I make two billion a year. Yeah. This is not. It's, you know, three hundred million on a film that bombs. I, I don't care. Yeah, I'm gonna have some fun with it. Like anyway. it would just be. It would just be. It's unthinkable. So all of these fun and games lead him also the relationship with. Sylvia. Oh, God, I'm <laughs> Sylvia. Um, just keep thinking Amanda as the actor. And they have a skinny dip and he's sort of pushing her that, you know, you're, you're, she was born wealthy. She, she wants more out of life. Like you can tell she wants more and he's saying, well, if you have none, you actually get more out of life or not. So they're sort of like the opposites, which is quite mm. a nice bit. Uh, but anyway, suddenly the good old timekeeper comes to ruin the day, doesn't he? He rocks right. up, he wants to arrest him, he ruins the party. And in confronting Wills, he 
he removes all his time. Oh, no, that's heartbreaking. Isn't it's it? it's heartbreaking. And they, and they sort of say some sort of policy, like, we'll store it until just... to your court hearing, blah, 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 but you're basically not going to get it back and we'll just give you enough time to to kind of get prosecuted. And he says to him, oh, you know, but, you know, the justice and the time... This is what I really liked from Cillian Murphy here was him saying, oh, you want justice. It's not about justice. It's about the time. Yes. So he was showing us, you know, it was cool writing here, I felt, because it was like he... Wasn't it? And this is where he's arguing. I'm not a detective. I'm a timekeeper. And it's yeah. It was an interesting and it wasn't even drive. Wasn't even really that the guy that Henry Hamilton had died. Yeah, that wasn't really the problem. The driving force. The problem was that there's 116 years in the wrong where it shouldn't be. Yeah. (laughs) And I I really liked that as a cool driving force for the. It's a far more pure. Yeah. Yeah. Like because. People could uh, accuse various police forces or individuals within police forces of this same thing that they're mm. they're doing this for to money to protect their rich connections mm, or whatever, right. so that they get something out of it. Yep. But in this, is just going well. No, it's it really is just you know I don't care that you killed someone, so but you the, took too much time. After this confrontation, Will escapes. He kind of breaks free and wax one of the other timekeepers or something and then, like, jumps down the stairs and grabs a gun and grabs Sylvia and threatens to, you know, shoot her. So he takes her hostage so he can get out of the house and, and they don't, like, just, you know, blaze away. Uh, he gets in his Jimmy Dean car and fangs oh. it off down the highway and the cops in their sort of Mad Max-style yes. kind of cars come fanging down afterwards and good old... This is a this is interesting. That makes more sense later in the film. But you see here that um, the timekeeper Raymond Raymond that's it Raymond yeah. he's a little bit you know more like Will's in that he's a bit more desperate. He's got a little yeah. bit more nudge. And I think at this point it's just sometimes we've seen this with other detectives is that they're they're um, you know they're so passionate about justice or about getting the bad guy they're a bit one-eyed you know about yeah. it all so they're willing to risk everything you know have we seen this in any sort of detective film but here I think you're starting to actually what you learn later in the story is that he came from the ghetto so he's proving here that he's kind of as relentless as Will is at and escaping it's, and it's interesting to see that the other timekeepers with him. They don't. They're so passive. They are. They're very. They're passive. constantly. What What do you want us to do? Yeah, yeah. What should what do we, we do? do now? What yeah. do we do now? Oh, it doesn't and, really matter. And of course, you know? when Will punches one of them and runs through it, they don't. You know, like like a normal cop, you know, go straight for the taser or pull the gun <laughs> or anything like that, or wrestle him because you know they've they've had a bit of a confrontation training. Yeah. They just kind of they Flop they, over. they wuss out and go ah. Oh. I don't want to lose my life, you know, like <laughs> it's too valuable. Yeah, yeah. And then of course all the rich people likewise they're going, well, yeah. You know, we could live forever if we don't get you know, Hurt, yeah. pushed off a balcony or shot or something in a crossfire. Yeah, one of them actually does say that, don't they? It's like you could live forever if you don't the, the thing that will kill us is a sheer act of violence. I think yeah. there's some a line ra- like random that. act of violence. Random act of violence. So that's why they all have a guard next to them and yeah. if you can avoid the act of violence, you might live forever. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, they do escape. So is this uh, the midpoint? Um, when they crash and they've, they're down to their last... Yeah, that is, to me is then the middle... few minutes or whatever it is they've got. I, I, I thought the midpoint was that... So they've crashed, 
they're down to nothing. She trades the diamonds, earrings for a day or two, whatever it is. And Will calls Weiss to demand the 1,000-year ransom to be paid into the mission. Yeah. He doesn't. Mm. That's the midpoint to me. Okay. Yeah. Because the reason for that being the midpoint is it's like, then he goes, oh, well, you can just go, Sylvia. You can't change the system. Like, it's kind of a, we've gone on a journey now of uh, Will Mm. has been living with no time, day to day. He's given a chunk of time. He explores what it's like to be rich. He's then removed most of that time and has the potential, but through the ransom, to give that to everyone in the ghetto, but the rich don't do it. Yeah, no. So it's like, oh, you, as a little guy, you can't actually... Underdog, you can't change it. It, it was only a 1,000 years as yeah, well. It's yeah. like... But no, we don't care. So you can sort of see what he's up against. So to me, that's the midpoint. Yeah, because I, I was sort of wondering that, like, the, the cops came kicking in and took his money off, his time off him. Yeah. I, I, that's sort of the start where you can start seeing yeah, yeah. the things are going to start going but yeah i think it must be the 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 very definite midpoint where it's go okay now it's fully changed because yeah. things have started going wrong but yeah when the the ransom didn't come in that's when they have to change gears don't yeah, they yeah. because their first plan has failed it's a false yeah. victory as it were or it's a, a false victory yeah. yeah and and really for wills as well his life is actually now worse cuz the timekeeper's after him. The mafia guy's after him. The rich guy's not going to pay him anything for his daughter. He's got. He's even. He's even in a worse position than he was yeah. earlier in the film when he was just the normal person. So his catalyst and his debate has sent him to a worse position. And uh, yeah, the um, the daughter rings rings up Weiss's uh, dad and says. Yeah, basically gives him an earful. Yeah. What the Daddy, fuck, man? Daddy. I'm not I'm not even worth a thousand years for you. <laughs> That's nothing. It's yeah. He and, gambled five hundred or something, didn't he, on the poker table? Oh yeah, he's another way. He had ten thousand on his yeah, arm at the yeah. time and million in the vault. Yeah. He's got uh yeah, anyway, so the cop uh, Raymond. And this is cool how this is shot, don't don't you reckon? Like how he crept down the street, Raymond. Yeah. And um Will's just sort of sitting there and it was, a, it was just a really interesting way to do it and he kind of came around the corner, ha-ha, I've got you. <laughs> yeah, it was, he didn't come bla- you know, blasting around with sirens going no. and just kind of... It was very Hitchcockian, and... wasn't it? Because it's, we, the audience, could see what was happening, but Will and... Yeah, Will's Sylvia sitting there and, didn't. and, of course, Will just looks up and goes, oh. Yeah. Oh, well. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I've only got a few hours left. Yeah, and <laughs> you wonder how, I don't think prison sentences work. No, no. Because, yes, you've been sentenced to 20 years in prison. Excellent. Yes. <laughs> like, you're going to give me 20 years? Yeah. Holy moly. That's well, yeah, amazing. I know. That'd be interesting. They never really explored that in this. No. I wonder if they do actually give them time. Uh, well, a couple then, of times there, he, he suggests he's going to be executed. Yeah, oh, okay. Yeah, so you're going to give me enough time to take, get me to the execution, I think is what he yeah. says. Uh, but Sylvia's so cool. Oh, reckless. Shoots him in the shoulder, mm. and they yeah, escape in his car. They run over and gives him four hours. Yeah, he says, uh, you know, Raymond thinks he's going to be stolen from, yeah. but he gives him four hours, and he says, you know, it's it's tough here. Yeah, basically. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Which was great. Like, and was and that cool kind thing. of does change Raymond's attitude a little bit towards yeah. this whole situation. He's like, okay, that's a bit confusing. Yes, this guy is not just greedy for as much. Time. Yeah, like yeah. he's he actually seems to want to 
do something. Yeah, he he knows that he's not. Yeah, he's not just after the time. He wants to change the system. And and I think that's what stops Raymond from shooting him later on yeah. and so forth. Is that he's just like okay, well, you know, he helped me out. So this is where then Will and Sylvia basically come up with this new plan to rob the time banks. So they um, they bash into a bank uh, and you have all those little metal time things that Will was doing at the factory. Mm. Um, and they grab a whole bunch of them, but they also, and I like this, they kind of encourage everyone else, like, come on, we're giving out loans yeah. debt-free today, you know, and everyone's like, ah. <laughs> um, but again, every time they do this, and this is repetition, I think, of trying to just, from the filmmaker saying Will and Sylvia are actually, they're, they're the good people with that. Every time they did that, they kept giving the mission... Yeah, they're the, the, the Robin Hoods. Yeah, it was Robin Hood sort of style, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah. Oh, actually, I really like this bit where the cops, you know, catch up to the bank robbery, and there's just all these people just standing. The, the last guy puts a thing yeah. on his arm and drops the thing quickly before the cops turn up, and they're just, they're just all milling about standing there. <laughs> and then the cop sort of says, "You know, surely you don't have enough time to just be standing around." Yeah. yeah. And yeah, and and that sort of you realize, oh. Yeah, they are in a bit of shock. They probably all have now got a few years yeah. on their arm. And what so, do I do now? so they're probably going, oh, I can just kind of stand here yeah. for a moment. You know, like, whew, yeah. take a breath. Yep. Uh, but yeah, they, they run off there. And, and so, then, yeah, then I think that led me to really the next main beat is that gang ambushing them then. Yes, yeah, so the, the gang catches up to them in the hotel. Yeah. So there's there's a bit of a. Yeah, a bit of Bonnie and Clyde thing going on here. They come to the hotel and book the whole thing out. And yeah. Some dude gets turned away and yeah. gang catches up to them and um, wants the 10 years reward. Mm. And, uh, yeah. But that's... I think it's more than the 10-year reward. It's settling the... It's like, also, it was their gang, wasn't it's it? also there... a convenient thing that's... Yeah. You know, he was supposed to get the 100 years. Yes. Uh, you wonder how rich these gangsters are. I mean, it yeah, yeah. makes a lot of sense to be a gangster. I mean, why wouldn't you be? But I think like a gangster, you're always, they're probably always like spending it on booze and women and good times. Yeah, otherwise they would have moved to a different time zone yeah. and, and, and gone into kept, finance. Kept going up. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's, I think that's the way it works basically. Yeah. And and I think he, he this gang meme uh, in his little spiel to Wills kind of says, you know, you're causing trouble to the system I keep the system kind of yeah, ticking Yeah, the reason along. they and don't worry about me. There's a metaphor, like, to me, there's a metaphor there. Like, in poor areas, you then have high crime and what's going on is really poor people are committing crime against other poor people and there is that sort of, yeah, it's like the no one's really winning from that. Well, I mean, if you, you look back I mean? at like, me, so like especially through the 70s and 80s with these serial killers in the States, a lot of them got away with so many serial murders because they were preying on mm. homeless people, yeah. prostitutes, you know, runaways that, you know, the cops would just go, ah, oh, this kid's gone missing. Um, yeah, they just do that. Yeah. And you're like, well, that's like the 12th one so far. That's, <laughs> that's a lot of kids just going missing in this area. I'm like, are you sure? Oh, yeah, but it could be a gay thing and, oh, that's a bit icky. You know, and so it's... It's that same sort of thing with this this crim. He can go around taking little bits and pieces of time off these people because it's kind of a bit, oh, well, you know, these people, they die every day. 
Yeah, like yeah. literally at the start of the film, he's he's walking along and there's like a dead guy in the street, yeah, yeah, yeah. timed we out. We see that a few times. And yeah. Sylvia and he walk past a woman yeah. who's gone down to zero. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, it probably doesn't make much difference if he just takes a day or two off yeah. people everywhere. Like, that they're going to die. It's sort of like, well, you're going to die anyway. Yeah. We're not going to investigate these yeah, crimes. Yeah, your by lives the time we do it, literally not worth it. Yeah. Because, yeah, by the time we caught up with this person, yeah, and as the timekeeper said, they're not cops. They don't... It's not they, about justice. Yeah, it's not really about that. It's about making sure that the right amount of time goes. Mm. So, yeah, if these crooks took too much time and then started moving up... Then there's the a problem. ...the incorrect way... Yeah. ...then, yeah, it would be a, a problem. Yeah. Anyway, so this gang do ambush them. Um, he wants his time back plus more and he says he will fight him for it and... He's Will has already directed or told Sylvia the story of his father and that he used to be a fighter and what he'd do was he wasn't strong but he would allow the time to go right down and he said the thing is people always look across mm. at your at the time disappearing and that's when he would steal the time back. And so this is what he does to this Fortis guy, this this gang leader guy, is basically mm. we're going to fight and they do the arm and he lets the time go all the way down and he does. He looks over and the second he looks over, that's when Wills attacks him back. Mm. And then he shoots everyone else. Shoots everyone room. else rapidly. Because they weren't, they weren't uh, paying attention, I they guess. They weren't. They were no. all looking at the clock as well. Um, yeah, so that kind of pushes us into... That he doesn't have them on their back anymore, but they're gonna. They need a new plan to take on Weiss and the system, don't they? Yeah. So they they see the um, interest rates going up and the oh, inflation. Right. Yeah, yeah. The price so of bread no, is going up, and they're yeah. like, "Ah, oh, this what we've just done." And this is basically sort of the way economics works. I mean, if yeah. if if you came along and, yeah, you know, there's a lot of people that argue against raising the minimum wage because the fear is that you just give all these people more money, then everything, or the price of everything just goes up. Mm-hmm. And so they lose their pay rise in exactly the same yeah, situation. This is just a sign. And, I mean, there's nuances to that argument, but it's, it's a concern that people have and this is what he's gone and done. He's yeah. stolen a bunch of time out of the bank, given it to people, and now everything's just more expensive. Yeah. And so they just chew through their time. Yeah, faster. so they're like, well, that's no good. We need to do something like, like really destabilizing, really fight clubby, I think. <laughs> we need a million years, he says. Yeah, we, we, maybe if we had a million years. Yeah. And then, of course, Sylvia goes, ditching, my dad has a million years. Yeah. <laughs> really? Yeah. So, and this, this, I think, is the start of Act 3. It yeah? is, yeah. So, to me, that's the, this is their new plan. Because yeah. their, their old plan died. Yep. That was a brush of death just before this. And then they went... And there was that all hope is lost sort of like, well, it's all gone. Yep. Now we can get a million years. And then they go, great. And now we're going to do a we heist. Need, we need to think bigger. We need, we need to go bigger. So we're going to do a heist now. Yeah. And, and it's it's kind of... Uh, I do love the irony of the way they, they kidnap him. But he's got so many guards around him, <laughs> he actually can't... They can't keep track of how many and who they are. Yeah. And so it's just, you know... Will is just... In. In, in amongst all these guards, which is kind of a... I think that would be a real concern, wouldn't it? If you had two guards, you'd know them. Yeah. And they'd know each other. If you had 50 guards, and, yeah, because they'd take different shifts. Yeah. And right. it's sub in and out, and yeah. like, it could be You anyone. wouldn't know anyone at How any would you time? vet those people? 
Yeah. You'd have to have some re- relief going on there. Yeah. New people coming. New come people coming and going. Yeah, I don't know. It seems a bit funny. Just wear armor. A lot of it. Popemobile. Let's go. So they do. They steal this million, and he does. The father does let us know that it. Well, it's just the first million <laughs> that I have. First million. Um, but and this is where I was saying earlier as well. He does say to them, you know, you yes, you might upset the the system, maybe even for a generation or two or two. Yeah. But you know, it will. People will always want to be on top, and I think this is interesting. It's like, yeah, because then if the poor people become rich, they will want to hold on to their wealth. Mm. And then do they just become, do they then treat other people the way and This that, is also that, like, well, you mentioned Orwellian at the start. Yeah. And this is all part of that where if, uh, a spoiler alert for 1984, but in the, the real horror of 1984, and I think it should be considered a science fiction horror story, mm-hmm. is that there was this revolution by these people who realised that prior revolutions always just changed who was on top. Yeah. It, but it, the it system does. didn't change. No. So, and that's true. I mean, you look at the uh, the Chinese Revolution. You know, the the emperors are out. In comes Mao and his party, and now we've got Xi Jinping or whatever his name is. Mm. He's just defied the usual term limit and said, "Oh, yeah, no, I'm just going to be staying." Mm. And everyone's like, "I think one of the one of the people in his his party said, oh, that doesn't seem right, and he was escorted out, not feeling well. And you sort of go, okay. So you, they had their revolution, but they just yeah. got a new emperor. Yeah. And he's just, you know, helping all of his buddies and yeah. and so on it goes. And, and and I think also it's it's that, and it's also a metaphor for, like, money and, and children in a way, you know, that generational thing. So, mm. like, Warren Buffett's a really good example, and I know other wealthy people sometimes say this as well. It's like not giving my kids the money. Yeah. You know, it might, yeah, it might pay for their college and their uni or whatever. They might have a bit of seed money. He's, he's assured everyone that his kids are wealthy. They're fine. But they're not billionaires. <laughs> but he's not giving them billions for nothing. You know, yeah. like they've got yeah. to go out there and make their own mark because you can see other wealthy children get given it and they, yeah, again, they become addicts or they... But the, you know, yeah, so the Orwellian part here is... These, yeah, as you said, the the time poor people suddenly get a whole bunch of money, they'll want to just protect it. Yeah. And this system is in place and it's to, to keep that from happening. Mm-hmm. Like it, they just ramp up the inflation yep. and kill off a bunch of people. In fact, if you see in the, there's a couple of really quick shots in the timekeeper's headquarters where it has yeah, numbers, numbers and stats and they're all like, you know, um, the time per capita. Yes. And that sort of goes up and down a little bit, but it, it sounds about it stays about the same and each of the time zones has a keeps a fairly constant amount of time, which means the number of people who are dying compared to the amount of time being earned yes. is staying rel- relatively so similar. It stays the same. So if you have a, a baby boom, you're gonna get a whole lot of death. Yes. And if you don't have many babies, I guess it gets easier to keep your time. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's a, a, a system that is designed to keep even this million dollars has said it might rock the boat a little bit but the system will reinstate itself so they they do escape and they get the million dollars back to the mission the mission but with that raymond is hot on their tails oh yeah uh, he's sort of figured out you know the through that the million dollars have been stolen so he kind of gets to the ghetto at the same time there's a confrontation, but they escape through the fact that the crowd is like, well, there's a million years, you know. Yeah. Um, and they're running then down 
a highway to get to get out of the ghetto, and I think they want to go to the next time zone, don't they? Yeah, the, is their the, plan the border of time zone twelve. Yeah, is where they are. and um, so they want to cross over. He's ahead of them as well, so he kind of hunts them down, and they confront each other on this highway. And this is that sort of reversal part of the, the mm. where they don't just get away scot free with their plan. No, no. There's it's just okay now. There's cop holding the gun to them. Yeah, and even when the cop times out like there's a bit of a discussion there where he says you know i came from the ghetto and i was like you and um you know he says well you give me enough just enough time to you know take me to my execution yeah and that's when he looks and he remembers that he refused the per diem because he was hot in the chase yeah and he looks down and he's like five four three two one he goes "Ah," carks it and so and now you sort of think oh phew they've made it yeah but then they they look at their time they've got like a minute (laughs) and there's not enough time for each of us to go and uh, that's when he remembers the whole per the, talk, the per diem thing um, and talking to him and giving the four hours and so yep. that's that's like that rec- you know, recall back to what he'd learned mm. previously. Yep. They run and they they, they get, well, I don't know, I guess about a day's a worth day, of time. I think they said, yeah. But there's a repetition there, isn't there, of like basically the scene with his mum. So yeah, she, oh, he they're... runs to the car, he kind of gets there faster runs back to um, Sylvia and she's like jumping the same way as the yeah. mum and but he gets her just in time just to in gift time. gift some time to her. And again they sort of say well, you can do a lot in a day. Yeah. Final image. Well yeah and then also those passive timekeepers realize that yeah we have this we have this like TV report saying that no one's coming to the factories. Yes. Because they've been given all this They're time. They're all taking a holiday. They're all taking a holiday. Some of them want to shift time zones so people are migrating. There's a lot of migration from one time zone to another. We sort of have a couple of those shots. Um, so people leaving the ghetto and living, you know, in fancier places. And the other passive timekeepers, there's a moment there where, where they're at their office and basically like, oh, well, what do we do now? And I think that one guy goes, go home. Like there's yeah. nothing to do now. Yeah. We yeah. don't really have to worry if everyone's got time. Yeah, what's there to keep? What's there to keep? And then the final image, the bookmark kind of one, is that Sylvia and Will have moved on to a larger bank. Yeah, I told you there were bigger banks. Yeah, there's always bigger banks. And so, yeah, we just sort of see this great big pan out shot to this huge building that they're going to go in with their guns. Yeah, it's surprising that... Well, I thought about this and I was thinking... How is just two people? Like, there'd be security in there, right? But I think it falls back to that so many people are afraid of dying, yeah. particularly in the wealthier spots mm. where they've got more time to lose, including the guards. Yeah, they're not they're not on a day by day where no. Well, I'd be dead tomorrow anyway mm. if I don't do this. Uh, that there's probably far less interest in putting your life, particularly because they've got a reputation at this point. That's yeah, they're going to sure. rob the bank. But they'll probably give us some. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, and, I'm not going to fight too hard. Yeah. And we did see that, like, when um, Will Will even said, he goes, oh, to get to you, to Weiss's dad, he goes, oh, we, we gave over years to those people mm. to kind of get into this room. Yes. So, and, and, and we see it when they escape that he even gives, like, the security guard to open the boom gate. He goes, take a month. Yeah. So there was just really subtle clues that everyone is so interested in the time that you kind of, and, and I think again, it's a good connection to money. You could mm. always pay off someone, right? Like mm. most people would accept some sort of payoff at some point, probably. Have you ever done that hypothetical? Where you're sitting there at your job thinking, what What would it take? How much would someone have to pay me to, you know, 
Quite, well, maybe not as a teacher, it's probably not much there, but no. I've, I've been in charge of, of all sorts of, you know, computer systems which, you know, manage transactions mm. and do all sorts of amazing things with insurance and energy markets. Yeah. And I thought, you know, how come nobody has approached me to try and bribe me to, you know, yeah, swing no. the energy market? I, I mean, I could, I've got access to all this code here. I could probably crash the, the power grid if I wanted to. Um, I, I don't want to because I'm not crazy. Yeah, but I, I I ran that hypothetical. I was, well, how much would someone like if someone got you know like you were seeing these things that a someone hands over a wad of hundreds <laughs> and, you, and you're like, so what's that like ten thousand dollars? You think you're gonna bribe me with? T- Get out of here. The suitcase have a hundred thousand dollars. You're like, keep going. That doesn't mean jack squat to me. You're like the ten million. Not to, yeah, and then you say you're, you're starting to get into ridiculous levels where they would just go to find someone else. Like with $10 million, you don't need to bribe an IT guy to do something. You just get a bunch of guys with chainsaws to cut through the power lines, you know, whatever. Or chuck bricks into the furnace or something, you know. Anyway, that brings us to the end of In Time, um, the plot points. And what did you think about the film? Hopefully you've had a chance to watch it. If you're not, you've just heard our blow-by-blow. We like to do a bit of a ladder experience with all the films and just it's a bit of a ranking system of, you know, these are films that you could watch together over all the 91 episodes that we've done. So the three that I would like to go for, and it's interesting, I already... I did know this, that he was the same filmmaker and director of a non. I actually think those two back-to-back would be really interesting, sorry, um, and along with Prospect as a third one. So mm, I think those... colours on these. Yeah, yeah well, that's why I kind of thought. I thought they're all... They're, but they're also... They're all films that make you think. Like, as we're saying, this is a film... The reason why this film's so good is that you kind of walk away, you can't help but think about your own life. And I feel like Prospect and a non do that too like they make you think um very similar looking films very similar in that color scheme and also probably taking a realistic part of our society and just really putting it to the extreme so yeah they were my three what about yourself i i liked passengers yeah to go with this one because we're still talking about time there. If you remember the well, this yeah, episode right. this time. one, uh, one of the dilemmas that they deal with there is the fact that they've got an 80-year journey, yep. which they're supposed to be in hypersleep for, but they can't get back in a hypersleep. Mm. And then they discover that there is one... I'm sorry if I'm spoiling this for anyone. There is one medical bay which will do that, yeah. which has the capability of effectively hypersleeping them. So one of them could do it. Mm. And so there's this question as well, you know, did one of us do it? Do we? Yeah. So there is that sort of time and value of life compared to time. Yep. Uh, and and then of course in time. Uh, and then it, it would be something like um, I like awake. Yeah. Remember that one where people yep. are awake and and sh- and they sort of do their little time clock on that. With us to say we've got about a week without mm. anything going on, and you know the way that our minds are degrading, mm. we'll probably be dead. Yep. By yep. a week, and indeed that that. That film, you know, grinds on towards that final end where people become less and less sensible, mm. all up to the end. Which is, yeah, it sort of gives you these similar feelings, but they're very different films. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. Yeah, very good. And if you're out there in podcast listening land, where would you put it on your ladder? Or what other sci-fi films would you like to watch with it? Let us know. Hit us up on the socials and let us know what you th- your ladder is looking like. So, sorry, what science are we going to be talking about from in time? 
Well, yeah, it's interesting because I was going to do like like electric batteries for cars because mm. that's kind of interesting, but that wasn't highlighted on here. And then I remembered that there was this lovely study done back in 2016. Yeah. Because that's the sort of guy I am. That's right. So on the National Libraries of Medicine website, one of, yeah, one of my favourite little government science websites for the United Just States. Just casual reading. Yeah, they've got this thing, the association between income and life expectancy in the United States, 2001 to 2014. Mm, So what they did is they went and got all the census data and tax data Mm. uh, and life, you know, social security data. Yep. So they could find out where people lived. You know, it's it's anonymous data. So they they found out that there were people living in various places, what age they were, uh, when or if they died during this period, uh, what their income and yeah, stated taxable income was yep. so maybe this doesn't work for the super rich because you know they would have like a taxable income of a dollar or something yeah. totally skewed the system but they so they did this thing and they got 1.4 billion data points or something it was a huge like it's the the majority of the US population over a course of about 13 years yep. like so it was there's a lot in there so that allows for a lot of very good um, population level yep. knowledge to be gotten it's been well known that there is a relationship between wealth and life expectancy. Uh-huh. But the real question is, to what extent? And how, how does that work out in, you know, and this really only is for America, but it is generalizable across most um, nations and, and cultures. The bottom 1% compared to the top 1% in income was a 14-year difference. Well, so people were dying at age seventy four mm. uh, or seventy two. Down, if if your family income twenty at age forty was twenty five thousand a year, you'd die about seventy four, seventy five years old. Mm. And if you had two million dollars a year, you were dying, you know, at eighty seven right. or so. Uh, but if you took that down to just uh, one hundred fifteen thousand a year, so because two million a year, that's quite. Yeah. Holy moly, that's a lot of money. Yep. But 115,000. Yeah, that's that's a pretty decent middle class sort of family income. That could be two two working parents each on 50 odd thousand. Yep. Or or one person on 115. Yeah. So it's 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 decent but it's not outrageous sort of money. That's still a, an 11 year gap there. Mm. And that's 11 good years. That's not like you're both you know, get to 74, one of them dies and the other person wish they'd died for 11 years. This is, yeah, it scales correctly with that. And, I mean, this is one of these interesting things because this study doesn't say why this happens, Mm. just that poor people die young in comparison. Mm -hmm. You know, so the average income that they looked at here was, you know, the median income was 61,000, roughly speaking. Mm. The average was 97 thousand mm-hmm. which means that there's there's people skewing at the top end mm-hmm. the, this thing so like and i've seen the i've seen the graphs of income distribution where they they're just like a a vertical asymptote they're a hockey stick yeah yeah uh, it's startling to see but without knowing why poor people like you, you can make all sorts of ideas and yeah, thoughts yeah there's obviously yeah you know, the, Diet, they don't. They don't get to eat as much. Time. They they don't have as enough time to exercise. More stress. Yeah. Uh, all of these sorts of things. Um, they in this study they found they tend to smoke more. Mm-hmm. So poor people tend to smoke more, which again is one of these really cruel jokes. Yes. Isn't it? Because it's like all the marketing advertising 
appeals to people who can't afford to smoke mm-hmm. because the you you could imagine all the wealthy people like the the doctors and the, the lawyers and the um, actuaries who work out all of these things they don't tend to smoke yep there still are smokers amongst them but percentage wise but the uh, factory workers um, this the stock uh, shelf shelf stockers and the warehouse people mm. far more of them smoke and so they yeah that's one of the primary indicators of uh, dying I was, I was reading another study uh, here in uh, Australia where smoking takes about 10 years off your life mm-hmm. expectancy so that almost entirely accounts for that gap yeah yeah so you've you've got to think then this sort of um, information could be used to do something like in time where you could use it to control the distribution of wealth and workers and introduce smoking to different segments at different times <laughs> in order to kill them off earlier yeah. so you don't have to look after so many old people. Mm-hmm. Um, hmm. But one of the problems recently announced by Amazon in a leaked document, they're running out of workers yeah. because people... They burn through their workers. The average time at an Amazon warehouse, I think, is like 18 months. Okay. Uh, as yeah. short as, you know, a couple of months, out to 18 months. Yeah, 18 months is not very long. If that's and and then they, they are injured, they get fired because they're not performing well enough or they just get jack of it, whatever it is. But mm. they don't go back to work there again. Yeah. Like someone who leaves... And Amazon I think, doesn't come back. I think I know this myself. When I've left a, a workplace... Yeah, yeah. I don't really. I'm trying. I'm trying to think. No, I haven't gone back to work for the place I previously worked at. No. And that's not because I've burned bridges or anything. It's just you move forward. Yeah. And move on, and you know I've moved cities literally. Yeah. But yeah, you leave the Amazon warehouse, you don't go back to work there again. No. Particularly if you left there because they broke your arm or you got crushed <laughs> by a robot or you had to wee in a drink bottle and you just decided that that's just not cool. Mm. Bezos, give me money. No, uh, it's a. Or your boss is spending money on so the, expensive so they've, space flights. They've got so many, so many warehouses and so many positions that their turnover is such that they're constantly recruiting. Yeah, and they've done a you know a bit of an assessment of well who, what's our recruiting pool, mm. and they need about two million workers. Uh, I can't remember over what time period that is, mm-hmm. but they're just sort of saying by twenty twenty four there will not be that many workers. Yeah. There simply will, we will have burnt through all the people and the only people who are left will want more money yep. or, you know, better, better everything. Mm-hmm. Which, which you sort of think, okay, so give more money and make it safer and nicer to work <laughs> out? Like, right. is, is this Take rocket? the Google approach. You don't need to hire your rocket scientists for this money. one. Just like yeah, Google, give us money, please. We're on uh, Google's team. Yeah, <laughs> Alphabet. <laughs> Alphabet, we could alphabet, go team alphabet. Yeah, team but alphabet. Um, yeah, it's like you still think it's not, it's not rocket science. No. But we can use this information though to benefit the world or to harm it. And if you look at situations like Fight Club and like this, where it'd be like going and taking Bezos's $100 billion that he controls mm. and then just dividing that amongst the warehouse workers. And then the warehouse workers would just go, well, I don't have to work at the warehouse anymore because (laughs) you just gave me, you know, $600,000 and that's more money than I would earn in, you know, 15 years. So 
well, I'm taking a 15-year hiatus. Yep. And in that time, I might see if there's something else I can do. Yeah, yeah. And so suddenly Amazon uh, and equivalent would just come to a stop. Yep. The system would keep moving, but it would, it would really mess a lot of things up, wouldn't yeah. it? Like, could you imagine that if all the, the Amazon warehouses stopped? Yes. Uh, it would be quite amazing. So anyway, it's, it's just an interesting study here that does show if you aren't earning a lot of money, you probably would be better off if you were. And I think yes. you probably realize that. Yeah. I know, I know I did. Yes. Mm. And I mean, education and life skills and expertise yeah, and, are ways to build that and that's, up. That's, you know? Yeah, there's, there's a bunch of other studies about like that. Yeah. And, because, and this leads me back but to... But also maybe just don't smoke then. Yeah, exactly. If you can't, if you can't just, afford, like if you can't seem to get out of the Amazon warehouse, maybe just don't smoke. Yeah, don't smoke. Like, it's worth not smoking. Like... Find some other way of uh, stress relief. Have, have a cup of coffee. <laughs> yeah. Yes, uh, Start two, a podcast. Uh, two, three cups of coffee a day as reduces you know, mortality rates. Mm. So you're fine with a couple After of cups two of coffee. Or three, yeah. Probably going to start going. Yeah, well, way. you start going to five or six, you're, mm, you know, maybe not so much. No. But, uh, well, you're yeah. just getting shitloads done. <laughs> yes, yeah, you're getting so much done. But it, it brings me back to that if you had the $100 billion, like mm. if someone just gifted it to you, yeah. like this guy in the movie. Yeah, yeah. You, you end up with that problem now of, you know, what the hell do I do with this? Yes. And, you know, how do, do I break a system? Like, because you could, you have $100 billion, you could just go and say, you know, uh, all of these, you know, workers in this factory or this, all of the uh, Tesla manufacturing workers, mm. I'm going to pay them all enough money that they don't have to work there anymore mm. ever again. Yep. And then, you know, you've just destroyed the electric vehicle company just bang yeah. like that yeah, yeah. which has such massive flow on effects because they source products and yeah, they create right. the yeah. batteries and you know yeah. like it's just you would you would absolutely cause a, a riot so what do we do with uh, this information do we break the system or we uh, maintain the system uh, interesting question yeah i'd like to break the system yeah just enough that i'm not affected <laughs> But enough that it helps other people. But yeah. that's the dilemma, isn't it? You've it got is. all this money and you go, well, how do I do this in a way that is not just damaging? Like you, mm. I know I know some people personally that if I gave them a billion dollars, yeah. they would be dead within a week. Yeah, yeah. yeah like we all, for sure. We all Either yeah. they would just do something absolutely stupidly risky yeah. or they would take drugs and yeah. be gone. And you just go, well, that's, that's you know, you can't do that. So no, what, and, and also... You know, I mean, it's it's even like with charities, right? Like how there's that whole um, global score of a charity that, you know, some of the charities... Remember they did that global score where it's like some charities, 80% of the mm. money you're donating is just really supporting the charity. It's just administration. So it's not, it's, yeah, so it's not supporting the cause. And, yet, and then there is some other charities where, you know, it's really obvious that 97% of your, your donation actually goes to the cause. So, yeah, it's really hard if you... Bezos or whatever or Musky and well, wow, I know. what do you do with your money? Well, that, you're looking. I, I think we should talk more about Bill Gates because he is trying He's to do. Tried. He and Buffett yeah. are trying to set up like yeah, they're going well. We we set up our own foundation which tries to fund these world changing projects, which you know have had a mixed effect. Yeah, you know how effective are they? Who's you know not really keeping? They've they've had effect in, in localities. Yeah. But, I mean that Gates Foundation about getting rid of was it malaria and stuff like mm. it's it's done well, 
but they haven't achieved it. Yeah, and no, they've got just, so much money in it. It turns it's, out it's more complicated than you it, think. Yeah, I know. It's it's really interesting. Yeah, so yeah, it, it's and yet, but yet he still earns forty seven billion every single year or something. Well, that's, well, that's the thing. The thing. Like you he, can't get rid of it. He can't get rid of it. No, well, not Even in a responsible way. He would, he would <laughs> Even ha- being divorced, he didn't, couldn't get rid of it. It still keeps coming in. Because you can't, like, if you just gave it to someone else, you just shifted the problem on. You probably, right. And if that other person was not at all expecting it and not ready for it, you may have just made their life worse. That's right. And that's the beautiful thing about this film, is that it really does show us that part of our society. Yeah, yeah. It's- you can have Muskie and Gates and... Te- um, yeah, all these other people. Teflon. Teflon, <laughs> whoever else out there. <laughs> um, Teflon Musk, yeah. Yeah, all those ones. And in terms of money, you know, are they best to hold it? Are they best to give it? Are they best to, where do they spend it? How do they spend it? Can they really make a difference? Yeah. It's such a funny, and if you just give it to anyone, but Some people are going to drink themselves to death. You just kick the can down the road. You yeah, know, you're just like, you know. now someone else has got this exact same problem that that's you right. had. That's right. So it's a funny one, isn't it? And, and also, like, if you don't have the money and you're just out there every day doing the struggle, you and I, you're going to work, you're doing your thing, does that just keep you going? You know? Like, where, versus if someone gave you that $10 million, uh, would you give up the will to live? So that's the end of In Time. Our next episode is coming up. But a couple more left for 2022, I think, sorry. There's probably a couple more for 2022. Yep, before we move into next year. Our next episode is Boss Level. Ah. Boss Level, uh, Mel Gibson. Yes. I mean, he's not really a star in it, but he's in it. He's in it. Good um, old Mel Gibson. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Boss Level, it's, um, I think actually it's a Netflix exclusive. I hope that's not a problem. We'll find out. We'll find out. <laughs> I mean, if Netflix are out there... Don't make it an exclusive. Yes, uh, and give us money. Yes, that's right. <laughs> time. We need time. We need time and money. If you're out there and listening to us, wherever you get your good podcasts, give us a five-star rating or a nice review. Share us around. Um, you know what to do on the, the podcast networks. And, again, you can find us at spacebrains.com, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook. Follow, like, share. Let us know your opinions and also get cracking on a film for next year's film festival. Film festival, yes. Bye. See ya.